This is a Triple J podcast. We all know that when you first start dating someone, you've got the rose-coloured glasses on, right? Oh, big time. You're obsessed with them, thinking about them all the time. You can't even do like your normal, regular, everyday people things. I don't sleep. I'm that obsessed <laughs> that I just generally just don't sleep. Are like, you serious? Yeah, I feel like I just have so much adrenaline going through my body and I'm just like... I don't know. It's that full infatuation vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. It's the honeymoon period. And it generally starts to kind of fade after a couple of months, right? This is one of the periods that we have and it's always pretty short. And then the glasses smash and then reality hits. And then people like me go, nah, bro, I'm out. (laughs) But a lot of you have told us that your honeymoon period never stopped, which sounds like a dream, right? Yeah. I'm like, what, how do I how do I keep that going forever? Maybe my relationships would actually last longer. <laughs> In this episode, we're about to find out if it's actually possible to keep that crazy love alive. Whether it's worth it? Like, am I just getting way too excited? Are you just getting way too excited? Do we even want to stay in the honeymoon period? Exactly. It's not that simple. And we're also going to hear from you because a lot of you told us there's certain things that you do to keep the excitement, the passion, the love, the rose-colored glasses going for years in your relationship. Classic Pip and I, the thing that started this whole episode was a TikTok. One of my good friends is a marriage and family therapist, and she introduced me to this concept of the five relationship stages that every couple goes through. And let me tell you, it changed my perspective on relationships. This TikTok went insanely viral. It has like over 22 million views. There's thousands of comments of people saying, this explains everything. Like people were really into this theory. Oh, yeah. And it stopped Pip and I in our tracks. And obviously, as hardcore journos of sex, love, dating and relationships, we had to investigate this for you. But before we get into it, let's just do a really quick overview of the theory. Here's what this girl said. So first, we've got the honeymoon phase. This usually lasts about the first six months. And this shit is euphoric. Like literally your brain releases a chemical compound with dopamine and oxytocin Between about six months to that two-year mark, we move on to the differences phase, which is where some of that euphoria starts to wear off. Conflict starts to emerge. You start to see your partner as a real person and people have flaws. The third stage, the struggle, this happens at about the two-year relationship mark. This is where deeper-seated issues and incompatibilities arise. And it's centered around this idea of like the partnership starting to pull apart partners becoming resentful of each other for taking away their individuality and wanting to invest more time outside of the partnership rather than into it. And then comes the repair stage. This usually evolves between that two to five year mark and is the decision point that couples have to come to after going through all that struggle. You know, they probably feel drained and resentful about the relationship and need to commit to each other if they want to continue onwards. They both have to put in the effort to grow individually and grow together. And my favorite stage is enduring love. This commonly kicks in at about five years. I mean, it's really kind of marks the breakthrough of the repair stage. At this point, you've really chosen each other. You've grown together, you've learned how to communicate and you get this really strong sense of support from your partner to support you in your individuality. You know, there's definitely something in it. It sounds like it could be true. 
And both you and I were thinking that we'd actually experience this kind of cycle. Well, you were like, yeah, I recognise parts of my relationships in this because you're a long-time girly. That's right, I am. But I was like, well, I peace out, like I said, after six months when the honeymoon phase ends. So I didn't really know what the other ones meant, but they sounded legit. She also was like, oh, you know, my friend's a relationship counsellor. Like, this is proven stuff. It had a whole infographic. But we spoke to Jerry Karantzis, an associate professor in social psychology and relationship science at Deakin University, and we asked him what he thought of this. In all the research that we've done and in all the couples that we see in therapy, we can't say that uh, it necessarily holds to to that extent, to be honest. In fact, some of those phases, there's no real evidence to support that they exist at all. God, we can always count on Jerry. Every time we see a TikTok with some sort of theory about something to do with relationships or love, Jerry always comes through and he's always like, nah. <laughs> he always calls BS, which I love him for. But, you know, we also had to get another opinion in here. I asked sex coach Georgia Grace and she agreed You just can't timeline these things. You know, whenever we look at frameworks, they're always really useful pieces of information to give us a sense as to what might be going on. So there there are different phases of a relationship that it's not always going to be sunshine and orgasms and sexy dates that actually it is really common for there to be phases of uncertainty and phases of adjustment and commitment and acceptance. So, um, yeah, relationships are never linear. Yeah, she's so right because I think what's important is the fact that, like, some of this stuff might be true, but you can't put it down to time frame, right? Like, the ups and downs of relationships aren't ever going to just fall neatly into a five-year timeline like this TikTok suggests. Yeah, and Jerry warns us as well against using these time frames to measure up your relationships. It's just not a good idea. I think the idea that we need to attach that, let's say, to stages, that if you get through these stages, you'll be fine, is actually dangerous because we don't know what's around the bend for a couple. What I would say is I think that that kind of linear idea is is problematic, period. We can't get stuck down in these timeframes and these rules because people just compare themselves to it and they think, oh, what's wrong with me? And I've had so many people message as well being like, I'm out of the honeymoon phase already and it's only been three months. Should I break up with this person? On this TikTok is that a lot of people were commenting saying things like, this is why my relationship doesn't last longer than two years. And just as many people were saying, why am I dealing with the struggle phase so soon, like six months in. Yeah, and that's because you honestly don't know what life is going to throw at you. Like what Jerry said before, you never really know what's around the bend. There are some couples that very early on in their relationship, they have particular struggles. There are some couples that the way that they meet is because the world around them is filled with challenge that from the outset, they're dealing with stuff that's already kind of affecting the way they go about doing the relationship or getting to know one another or the time they can spend together, right? You know, if you think about COVID and what it did to people that were trying to either connect or that fast-tracked people living together that wouldn't have necessarily moved that quickly, right? Like, so there are all these kind of factors that you rightly point out and life is probably more unpredictable than it is predictable. You also might be listening to this and just be thinking, My life is amazing. My partner is my perfect fit. We have no conflict. We have no struggles. The good times just keep going. 
you're talking about your honeymoon phase and you're literally like, mine has been in this for years. Well, that's what this episode's all about, right? Oh, must be nice. Must be freaking nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, we did look at this TikTok and we were blown away by how many of you said that your honeymoon phase lasted way longer than six months. Some people do were like five years, eight years, even more than 10 years. Yeah. So we were both like, okay, how do we get that? We want that. That sounds like a dream. And if you're listening as well and you're like, I would love to stay in this. My partner and I fight all the time. Make sure you stick around. We will give you some hot tips very, very soon. Yeah, because the honeymoon period is the best part of a relationship. Everything is fun and exciting and new and novel. It's the feeling that you're wanting to spend all your time with this person and that doing certain tasks that used to be mundane or boring, like sitting on the couch or going to the markets or whatever, actually just are energized and and really fun. Often people will say it's some of the best sex that they've ever had. um, And they're having lots of sex with this person. We can hear things like you've got butterflies and excitement. Um, Often, you know, we'll hear like this, this idea of new relationship energy. So everyone loves the honeymoon phase. That's pretty clear. It's a universal truth. But is it possible to keep it going for years? Like, Dee, what are these people doing? What are their secrets? Are they just perfectly made for each other? Soulmates, if you will? Little penguins. You know how they mate for life? Yeah. People always say that. Like, they, I met my penguin. Or is it, a, is it like the circumstances of the environment around them? Like you're just maybe living in a... In an area like a privilegedness, or like you know what I mean, like you just nothing bad really happens to you. Everything's yeah. going really well. You, you just have bounce off you life. Need. Honestly, that could be the case, nature versus nurture. But you know what? And we asked G this as well, and she said there's actually too many reasons to list why people are staying there for so long. I think it could be, you know, interesting to see what dynamics are going on. Are they separated by distance? Has there been a break in the middle? Are they in a non-monogamous style relationship where they're having lots of new um, relationships and they're experiencing this new relationship energy? We might also look at things like attachment styles, whether they're anxiously attached, secure attached, avoidant. Um, There's, yeah, how is it possible? There is just way too much to, you know, question as to what's going on for these people. Daria. Yes. I have a theory. What is it? We always have a theory on this show. I know, I know. But stay with me on this. I think that a years-long honeymoon phase doesn't actually exist. Because I think that these people who are having honeymoon periods for like longer than a year and a half to two years, Mm. I don't think you can be wearing those rose-coloured glasses for that long. At one point, you do know that they are a shit person or that they're annoying or anything like that. But you still love them. But yeah. I actually think that they're in what this TikTok is calling the enduring love phase. And I know that Jerry kind of just pointed out that that's bullshit. Mm. But for the sake of this, let's just say they're in some other phase that's not honeymoon. And I spoke to him about this because I was like, surely what these people are feeling isn't actually honeymoon love. It's something else. And he actually said it's called companionate love. Not for all couples, but for a large proportion of couples, that passionate love starts to reduce. And that's not necessarily a sign that something is wrong. The reason is that if we spend all of our time worrying and being preoccupied with our partners, we probably can't get anything else done in life, to be honest, right? 
But what does increase is another form of love that we call companionate love. And that is having that deep care and concern and investment about someone. So what typically would happen around as we start to move through that honeymoon phase is we might start to see a bit of a shifting as the kind of love that we experience around our partners. And what we do know is that those things do kind of ebb and flow over the course of time. So, you know, there is a phase that we would call honeymoon, but, you know, once we get through the honeymoon phase, there are other important things that happen in relationships that help them to be maintained and, you know, to have a deep needed connection to those people. He's so wise yet again. And he's also so right about not being able to get anything done. Like if you were actually in the honeymoon puppy love face forever. You would be distracted. I would be destroyed. Yeah. It would be tough. And you know what? I asked G about my theory as well. And like Jerry, she actually pointed out that there are different types of love. And maybe people just, I don't know, don't identify or separate them in their minds. Love and lust are two very different feelings. So when I think about lust, it's like you, you're kind of your head's in the clouds. You're, you're, you've got that sense of feeling quite high and elated and that's amazing but it's actually really really hard to live life like that all the time I mean anyone who's experienced that sort of limerence honeymoon phase will know that it's kind of hard to concentrate on work you you know you're fixated on everything you're doing with this person um and because we need to move through different phases in life and and get back to you know living and working and being a human being it's kind of useful to move out of the honeymoon phase at some point but yeah love is that feeling um of feeling really grounded of feeling really safe really connected and of course everyone experiences love and lust differently but yeah it could be a theory that they're just experiencing this deep love with a person who they're connecting with i know we are saying that that tiktok is a bit mm, but that kind of tracks with what she says at the end of it right Completely. And I know the point of this episode is to find out how to keep the honeymoon period alive for longer, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe I clickbaited with that title. But I had to get you in somehow, right? (laughs) I think it's important to know, which is what we're going to get into, that going out of the honeymoon phase isn't necessarily a bad thing. We had a DM from Fran who said, I'm one year in and still so into my girlfriend. I'm anxiously waiting for the next stage. Yeah. And that kind of made me feel bad for Fran because I was like, don't be anxious about the next stage. You shouldn't be anxious about leaving the honeymoon period because even though, yes, it feels amazing, everything is, as Georgia said before, sunshine, rainbows and orgasms, it's not full reality. Yeah, because we know just through doing this show, I don't know because I never left the six months, but we know from doing this show that having fights, conflict, all that stuff means personal growth, whether that's for yourself or together as a couple. Yeah, we had a DM from Jeremy about this too. He said, sometimes it means one or both of you are being too accommodating. I've been in a relationship for 16 years and it felt like a really long honeymoon before later realising we both held resentments and never argued. Working through it in couples uh, counselling now, we still love each other, but some disagreement is healthy. This is crazy because I have met people where they're like, oh, me and my partner, we never fight. And I am just baffled by this because it could never be me. I know. I, was I love to, to fight. I can't relate. I am always <laughs> trying to cause drama. Yeah. If it's too smooth sailing, I'll just fake the scenario. <laughs> just a bit of spice. 
Why did you Why did you dream about her? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Who is she? Yeah, who is she? Who is she? <laughs> but for real, like it is interesting when you meet people like this and maybe that's a valid experience for them. But I think overall people can agree that conflict is normal. And G does back this as well. It's likely you're going to have different ideas about something. Um, and if you're never advocating for yourself, voicing a need or even setting a boundary through fear that you might upset someone um, or they might leave you um, or, you know, it might cause too much of a conflict in the relationship and you won't be able to come back from it, then perhaps you're not advocating for yourself and your needs within that relationship. There will always be points of tension in a relationship. You will go through phases and cycles where sometimes it'll feel really easy and you're getting on really well and you're having the best sex of your life. And then something in life might happen, whether it's stress or other you know, factors or relational issues or concerns. Okay, so if we think these long-term honeymooners are actually experiencing companionate love with all that lust and passion, that's what we want, right? I just want to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Is that too much to ask? Too much to ask. No, it's not, baby girl. It's not. Thank you. So we're going to find out how do we get it. Because G actually had some really good pointers, starting off with making sure that you're just not, like, glued to your partner 24-7. This is really important for a lot of people to still be able to be an individual and to come back together and get excited about the touch points. You know, an analogy for anyone, if you've been away from your partner, you haven't seen them for a while, that first hug or that first kiss can be, you know, some of the best you've had. So yeah, space and time apart, not only to create that um, desire for each other, but also to see value in other relationships too. And to know that, yeah, your partner is, of course, important to you, but hopefully there are many other relationships in your life that are important as well. Okay, I think that we can both attest to this, Dee. We're independent girls. Yeah, to my detriment. (laughs) I mean, no, but like, yes, but no. You know, like that's what G is saying. Like it is so good for you to spend time apart. And I think most couples that we see who are like, I don't know, older, established, been together for more than 20 years, they're like, we have independent separate lives. Mm. And it's so important. Also, G said that a huge part of keeping that passion alive is just being playful, which we talk about a lot on The Hookup, being silly, spontaneous, And dare we say it, sexy. Yes. Whatever that means for you. Got to keep things interesting and fun. If we're looking at what you do at the start of a relationship when, you know, you're flirting with this person, you're wooing them, you're showing them the best parts of you, that when we move into the long-term love phase, it... Yeah, we we're like, well, you know, you've seen every, you've seen me shit, you've seen every part of me. So, um, yeah, that when I'm hearing uh, all of those sort of bits and pieces, I'm hearing the word novelty, and novelty is is an erotic charge for a lot of people. So, anytime we're doing something new, experiencing something unexpected, it's a surprise. I mean, of course, doesn't need to be huge, um, uh, you know, a, a getaway every weekend. But um, yeah, those small moments of novelty can often bring the, the playfulness and the joy and remind us of all of the good parts that we had at, at the start of a relationship as well. Okay, so if you're needing some inspo on the sex side of things as well, go check out our pod in your feed about Foreplay 101. Because what Jesus said, I was like, 
this is it, waking up, foreplay, like, yes. you know. And she just gives so many great examples of things to do and I took away so much from that and I'm sure if you've been in a relationship for a long time, you got to listen to this app. Absolutely. And finally, a big, big part of keeping that honeymoon period alive, that everlasting love, is conflict resolution. When we fight, we basically want to be understood and we don't do a lot of seeking to understand. So if you can approach any kind of conflict resolution and allow for space for both of you to share your reality and your perspective and to identify that they can both be real, even if they don't make sense to me. Um, And then also to allow moments to, um, understand your partner even if you don't necessarily agree with it but to create you know a space to be like yeah I can understand why with all of the information and all of your lived experience that you may have come to that conclusion whilst also understanding each other's triggers and how past experiences may be setting us up for future or ongoing conflict um finding ways to apologize and to take accountability for any time that you've messed up because that's hard, but that you will mess up as as a human being and to allow yourself to not be perfect. And then to map out future plans and to say, how can we do things differently? What responsibilities do we have as an individual to ensure that we don't have this ongoing conflict in this fight? I know, and this is one of the biggest things that Jerry spoke to us about. It's about having empathy, and that's the best way to keep a relationship going for the long term and keep that love alive. And he said it is the biggest struggle that couples face. The work is being able to sit with where your partner is at. Try to live in your partner's shoes a bit. You don't have to stay there all the time because that's not fair because you've got to look after your needs and, and be clear on what they are. But that's something that you do. And what allows us to do that is when we're in hard times. But the work element is the willingness to to kind of open ourselves up to what our partner might be experiencing and maybe understand how we're triggering our partner and how our partners are triggering us. And if you're able to do the work, hashtag the work, you're almost guaranteed, I'd say you're pretty much guaranteed, a lifetime of long companion love. That if couples learn how to get through difficult times, what it does do is it's like an insurance policy or their own vaccine around how they will get through challenging times in the future, right? Because if we know that we can rely on one another and that if we can problem solve, or even sometimes there's no actual answer to the issue to start with, but it's just being able to hold and be a bit more empathic and be understanding of where the partner is at and where you're at. And you can kind of do that more. It is very, very powerful as an ingredient in how you kind of get through the struggles of life. I am obsessed with Jerry. I just love the way he words things. Like it's a vaccine. It's a powerful ingredient. I'm like injected into me because I don't have those qualities. (laughs) Straight to the veins. Seriously. How do people do it? That's yeah. Hats off to everyone who is doing the work. Yeah, huge ups to you. And you know what? These were three big um, kind of pointers to help you. But, of course, we wanted to hear exactly from the long-term honeymooners, anecdotes, real-life stories. So we got in touch with you on our Instagram and you let us know your tips, your advice, your secrets to the long, companionate, lustful love. We're all humans. We're all learning. You know, we're all going to make mistakes. And often there's very little 
intent behind actions or words that cause that hurt. But if you can sort of go back to focusing on forgiving, forgetting, obviously whilst having boundaries, um, then it'll serve you well. I think that's a, a very good foundation for being able to um, have a happy, healthy and, and loving relationship that can sort of stay within that honeymoon phase. I believe it comes down to both parties continuing to be invested in their relationships. I've learned from my example and my own life experiences that communication is key. If you want to stay in the honeymoon phase, find ways to grow together, keep it interesting and most of all listen to each other. A sense of humour also helps too. I always find that to keep the magic of the honeymoon period alive, it's crucial to have those important conversations and check in when you're both in the mood to be open with each other. Lots of laughter and emotional intimacy. It's just about how vulnerable do you make yourself. And I'd probably say that supporting each other to grow. There's nothing more hot than that. We're always ourselves. We're just big kids hanging out, always like wrestling or <laughs> making fun of each other or playing little pranks, um, scaring each other, hiding under the blankets. Like it's very childish, but it's amazing. One of my biggest bits of advice would be to choose your battles. Think before you speak because you can't unsay things that come out of your mouth. So it's easy to say sorry, but that other person will still remember what you said and that can cause issues. So make sure you love 100% and keep that flame alive. Whenever I make my partner's lunch, I'll write cute little notes of compliments and I'll let him know how much I love him. Foreplay all day has maintained that euphoria and passion years into our relationship. Long cuddles, holding hands, little text messages during the day to let the other person know that you're thinking of them and just generally being interested and connected. If I'm thinking about my partner or feeling a little sexy, I let him know. I don't know if I've got my period, but that nearly made me cry. I do have my period. No, same. We're sick. What? Classic. Love that. Of course we are. No, I actually <laughs> full PMS nearly cried hearing those. I know, such good advice. I really enjoyed hearing those and made me realise I've got a lot of work to do. Same. Mm. <laughs> Writing little notes, I could never. Reality check. But again, you know, don't be disheartened as well if your honeymoon period, quotation marks, um, ends a little bit sooner than you'd like or if you're comparing yourself to your ex, maybe it just feels different, it's shorter, whatever. Yeah, like we got a DM from Laura and she said they're six years into their relationship and they and she reckons they're still in their honeymoon phase. But she also says maybe less sex, but way more happiness and love. Yeah, which is totally fine because as Georgia is about to tell you, life is a cycle. Things ebb and flow. You might be feeling really passionate and lusty at one point, but maybe it just chills out and plateaus another point. Things change and sometimes for an individual they will not be willing to let aspects change. So so if sex is an, a, a value in your relationship and a, and a value for you, then that might be something that you want to work on. But I think this is one of the hardest things when we do look back on the early stages of a relationship that we can get lost in comparison to what it was and how it felt. Um, but all things change always. Um, and yeah, maybe it's a question for the individual. What, what am I 
willing um, to to allow to change and what am I not? And if something has, you know, changed or you're, you're not experiencing it anymore and it's important for you, how can you both or all really commit to inviting that back in or making it um, a, a more regular part of your life and relationship? Oh, as per usual, I learned so much from that app. Mm. There's a lot. I love that we questioned the TikTok theory. Yeah. And then we were like, nah, it's stupid. But then it was like, it, it does had, have some little moments. bit of truth. It had moments. All right, let's say our one lesson from this. Mine is that love is work. Yes. Like you can stay in passionate, lustful love. It's just work yeah it's not just like some divine unity between two people you have to put in the effort like jerry said you do the work that's what i learned you can write those little notes you can do those little floaty things you can learn how to have more empathy towards your partner you can learn how to work through conflict better it's all learning okay i think one of my big takeaways from this is that there are different types of love and it fluctuates throughout your life you know sometimes it's going to be lusty and passionate and then sometimes it's not going to be good and in a way, it kind of gives you hope. Obviously, be realistic about it. Mm. Don't stick around in a relationship if you're not doing well and the other person's not good for you. But otherwise, it kind of does make me feel hopeful that even if you're in a dark place, you can kind of get out of it if you're both willing to work at it. Totally. And, of course, we'd love to hear whatever you learn from our episodes. If you have any uh, if you have any topics you want us to cover, if you have any guests you want us to interview, you can DM us. You can also tell us your gripes and you say, that was dumb. We hate both. We hated it. No, don't do that. No, Actually, my tell, ego is way too fragile. Tell me you love me. Um, <laughs> at, at Triple J, the hookup. And uh, we will catch you next time. Bye.